Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104. It's Room 104, it's Cormac and Sir here. Question for you now. Okay, I know a lot of uh, people who listen to this show are huge. I would say we've discovered recently that they're huge dog fans and would choose dogs over cats any day, but that's not the debate we're having tonight. Uh, Saoirse, if there was a hurricane landing in Dublin tomorrow and you were told to evacuate, but you couldn't bring your cat, what would you do? I'd run. (laughs) You know I'd run as well. No, look, I love my cat, but I find this absolutely bizarre. If it was a child, even if it wasn't my own child, if it was anyone vulnerable, I would save them first. Like that would be my initial reaction. But when it comes to my cat, maybe I'd be different with a dog. I wouldn't think of her first. Is that terrible? It is terrible. You're a horrible, scummy human being and no one's going to like you anymore. But listen, you're not in the minority of people. The majority of people would uh, do the same thing as you. But there is a minority of people who would stay behind, would, would risk and sacrifice their own health for the sake of their beloved pet or their cat or their dog. And to tell us more about this and why this is, and especially this is happening more now during the midst of the whole COVID pandemic as well, from at the University of Florida, uh, joining us now is Jennifer Applebaum. Jennifer, how are things? Hi, I'm I'm good. How are you? Are you a dog person or a cat person? Uh, well, I have both, um, but okay. I'm probably more of a dog person. Oh, we can be friends now. Come on in. It's, <laughs> we're all good now. Happy days. Um, can you tell us a little bit about this um, this research? This is rather interesting. Like, why did you do it, and what did you find from it? Sure. So, um, I am generally interested in um, how pets are kind of um, how we relate to our pets, right? And so what what values we place on them, what um, what how we think of them in terms of a multi-species family, if you will. And so um, we know from research that there are um, relationships with pets vary, vary quite a bit, right? Um, but more and more frequently, people are considering their pets to really be family members. Um, and so I'm I was curious about what impact this might have given our kind of lack of a a safety net for pets, um, like we, you know, generally have for humans. Um, But when we don't necessarily have um, something, you know, we, we don't have the kind of support or economic resources that allow us to protect our pets in in situations um, where we might be able we where we might not be available to be their primary caregivers um, like mm. in emergencies during evacuations um, like the you know a hurricane as as was mentioned or in specifically 
um, with respect to hospitalization um, during COVID-19. Is it that we view them as kind of nearly human, like as part of our family? Because I was, I told Cormac this a while ago, that I was on a walk with a friend of mine and there was a man there with a dog and the dog just happened to get off the lead and run in front of a bus, right? So Mm -hmm. I just ran out, jumped out and tried to save him. I nearly Mm -hmm. got knocked down by a bus myself, but it was this kind of, I can't let the dog die situation. But is it because we look at them as kind of nearly human? Um, I'm not sure it's necessarily that we think of them as human, right? We we don't have this um, misunderstanding that they're the same species as us. Um, but we do, there are hormonal factors, certainly, and this is not my area, so I don't want to speak out of um, my expertise. However, um, there is research that shows that, you know, we bond to them like we do with human children, right? We, we have um, the same kind of hormonal reactions in some, in some cases, hormonal responses, um, as, as we do uh, like a mother and a newborn baby would in pair bonding. Um, and so in some cases, I, I believe that they can be as important as, as human family members to some, to some people. So when you were, were looking at this research that you're doing, um, like, were you surprised by the amount of people that would sacrifice their or e- either risk their own health and delay their own treatment for the sake of a pet? No, <laughs> this didn't surprise me at all, actually. And I, I would expect um, that the frequency by which um, people are uh, would give this response um, is actually quite a bit higher than than what we found in our sample, um, and that is um, partially because our sample um, tends to be overrepresentative of. Um, higher socioeconomic status people, people with more resources. And um, I suspect that if we had more representation from people who have less social and economic resources, not as robust of a social network, um, are lower income, um, are disadvantaged in different ways, um, but still have that strong bond to their pet, that um, pets would become even more of a barrier to them, um, you know, seeking, in this case, seeking health care for, for COVID-19. So, yeah, I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> this is what I found really interesting because it was saying that, you know, people, humans that have kind of strong human support systems will be mm-hmm. like not delaying the COVID test and, and so on. So is there something in that where pet owners that might sacrifice, you know, everything for their pet might be more lonely, not have as many friends or outlets? I think that's possible. Um, what I saw that more uh, as an indicator of is that those who, it, there there might not be a difference in terms of how attached they are to their pet, um, but they, uh, the people with more social resources, with uh, higher levels of social support, who live with more uh, people are um, less concerned about who might take care of their pet if if they have to go into the hospital, for example. And so um, when someone has more resources in terms of social support um, and a social network and and maybe has a partner that they live with who, um, you know, probably wouldn't, hopefully, wouldn't also be hospitalized, um, then they, uh, that mm. kind of of what would happen to their pet is is no longer a barrier to to you know seeking care 
is pet care in America expensive? I, I'm not too sure how yeah. expensive it is here, <laughs> but it, it is, is it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I mean, it's uh, it varies quite a bit, of course, and it, you know, it depends on on where where in the U.S. you live, and you know, if you're in urban area versus rural, et cetera. But um, but it is pretty expensive, and so you know, a hospital stay for COVID tends to be pretty lengthy. Um, and so if you wanted to put your dog, for example, into a boarding facility um, for the length of your stay for COVID treatment, um, then you're out, you know, thousands of dollars. And a lot of people can't just can't afford that. Yeah, you see, I don't know if I'd be willing to uh, pay for pet care like that, like childcare, <laughs> basically for your pet. You know, they need to be fed. <laughs> they yeah. need to be, uh, in the case of dogs, they need to be walked and, and you know, they, they can't, they can't sustain themselves, obviously, um, by, uh, by themselves, right? And so um, if you don't have a person or people to, to do the care in your absence, then you're relying on, you know, paying for services. Um, and so when, when resources are limited in that way, it really presents um, a real conundrum, essentially, in terms of how you um, prioritize yourself or your pet, right? Yeah, I think they just need to start bringing and allowing pets into the hospital with you and then job done. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, not, I mean, it, it is, it does sound kind of silly, right? But, um, and a little bit chaotic, um, but there, <laughs> there are some potential solutions um, like offering emergency boarding facilities that are publicly funded. Um, you know, that for people who don't have the resources um, and they need to enter the hospital, you know, having dog boarding facilities, facilities that are nearby or having a foster network program, those kind of things are, are realistic, really, solutions. Um, they do take some some uh, organization and some funding, but um, they're not they're not crazy in my mind. Yeah, I think cats are easier. No. I'm not going to lie because you don't have to yeah. really get them minded all that often. You know, your neighbour can come in and feed them. They don't need to be walked or anything else. We had a cat growing up and it would half the time in the neighbours getting food off them anyway. Cats don't care. You know what I mean? I think they they just jump over the wall and go in and find food wherever they find food and uh, dogs might be slightly different and yeah, a little bit more expensive. But uh, Jennifer, listen, we appreciate you coming on and and giving up your time here this evening and chatting to us um, about that. Is there a place people can find you or your work uh, online that you'd want to give a quick plug to before we wrap? Uh, Sure, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. That's a pretty pretty good place to find me. Um, I'm at JW Applebaum. Lovely. Well, listen, Jennifer Applebaum from the University of Florida. Thanks a million for speaking with us this evening and we will chat to you again soon. Thanks so much for having me. This is great. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.